maintaining or increasing enrollment, staying on top of ever-changing content, incorporating best teaching practices. These are just some of the challenges that we face as CTE teachers. Welcome to the On Your Prep podcast. My mission is to empower every career and technical educator to love going to work each day because they are teaching what they are passionate about, in addition to applying great teaching principles. Hey friend, do you ever find yourself driving to school and remember getting in the car, but not the drive itself? Or do you have a shower routine? Like you get in, you shampoo, lather your hair, and then while it's sitting, you wash your face, then you rinse. Then you condition your hair while it's sitting, you wash your entire body, and then rinse, or any other thing like that. Those, my friends, are considered routines. Now, in teaching, we also talk about routines, and you're probably familiar with them already. But I want to have you think about your routines and maybe do a little bit of an audit, how it might look like in the CTE classroom and how you can improve and make your life less stressful. Because essentially, that's what routines are supposed to do. They're supposed to take a complex, time-consuming task for either you or your students and make it simple, more efficient, and then being less stressful. So I want you to think about first days of school. So if you've ever read Harry Wong's book, it talks about all the different things that you need to think about when setting up routines. Now, elementary teachers are experts at this. So in elementary school, they set up, how are the kids going to line up? What are they going to do when they are in the halls? How are they going to go to recess? What are they going to do at the end of recess? How are they going to figure out lunch? How, where are they going to sit? There are so many different little tiny routines that they do in elementary. And not only do they come up with these routines, they practice them all the time. So the kids just know what to do. So let's get back to some of the basic routines that you may already do in your classroom. So what are students supposed to do when they come in at the beginning of class? Are they supposed to do bell work? How are they supposed to know when they need supplies? How do they turn things in? What does it look like at the end of class? How are they cleaning up? How do they know that they're supposed to clean up? And then how do they actually exit the room? So think about those. You probably already have them in your class. If you don't, then this is a great time for you to think about how long does that take you? What are you doing? And what can you improve so that it runs a little bit more smoothly? So I was listening to a podcast from Jasmine Starr, and she actually had an expert automation person on there that was talking about automating online things. And he actually had kind of a formula. And he said he had a 15 one and one. And I thought it applied to school as well. So to know whether or not you should try to put in the time to automate or create a routine is, does it take you more than 15 minutes a day, one hour a week, or one day a month? So I'm thinking 15 minutes a day, like if I teach seven class periods, we're looking at about two minutes. So you might want to audit your class and kind of think, okay, what is it that either your students are spending two or more minutes doing or 
you are spending two or more minutes doing? Is it handing out papers? Is it turning in papers? Is it getting computers or Chromebooks from a cart? Is it putting those away? What kind of things are already happening in your classroom that you might be able to improve on? What can you think of? As you're auditing these routines, I want you to specifically look at two different things. So your students and you, because there are different things that you are wanting your students to do and things that you are wanting you to do. And quite honestly, if your students aren't doing things and you're doing everything, that's definitely something you need to look at. You need to figure out how to make it so that your life is easier and the kids can do the work as well. So I had read a book by Paul Solars and it's Learn Like a Pirate. And really what I got out of that book is it talked about collaboration and having your class work as a community. But one of the things that I loved that he pointed out was that he wanted his class to run so well and run on its own that if he were to have a substitute, he really wouldn't have to have a sub plan. Like the students would know they would come in, not saying that you shouldn't have a sub plan, but anyway, they would, they would just, it would run like clockwork. The kids would come in, they sit down, they do their bell work, then they know what to do next and they know what to do next and know what to do next, know where to look, know where to get information, instructions. And I was thinking to myself, man, wouldn't that make my life so much easier if I had to get a sub? Because let's be real. Preparing for a sub can be terrible and it can be super, super stressful. But once you can get your class to follow these routines, then it makes it so much easier for you to get a sub, feel comfortable with the sub, that your students actually still learned and did something while you were gone. And it actually helps you as a teacher. So let's go back to thinking about what can we improve? So one thing that I have used a lot in my classes and I've seen used a lot as well are visual cues. What can we do so that it's either on the board or somewhere in the room that when the students come in, they know that they need that? So for example, can you have a picture of a Chromebook and you've got it in like a page protector and it's hanging from a command hook and on one side it has just the picture of the Chromebook and if you were to flip it over you've got the Chromebook but yet you have the circle with the line through it so no Chromebooks so just kind of like that visual cue they know immediately when they come in they should get a Chromebook or not um, they do that a lot at elementary school, once again, for recess, like inside outside days. So think about those kind of things. Like, is there something that right when they walk in, they could do? Visual cues can also help a lot with cleanup routines. So if your students are in a lab or a shop and there are certain equipment or tools or utensils that need to go in certain places do a Google search for shadow boards. So the idea behind that is that each particular station or area has the shadow of the 
the utensil that needs to go there that's made out of vinyl or something else. So the students know exactly where to put things and visually you can find out whether or not things are put back. Also take into consideration things that you might write every single day up on the board or display. Is there some way that you always do your standards or something else that you can already have on the board. And a lot of teachers already do this and they might have the class periods listed and what their to-do list is for that day. They have like a due day section so the kids can come in and they can see, oh, that's what's due today. Now, one of the greatest things, you could totally Google or like search on Pinterest for ideas, but go into other people's classrooms in your school. Like just observe to see how people are doing their routines, not even for content. Like go to the choir teacher, go to the math teacher, go to the science teacher, like go everywhere and see what are they doing and how is it working for them and what can you implement into your class. So another thing that had worked really well in my class is thinking about there's a term in Japanese called pokeoke, which once again, going back to my manufacturing background, it is mistake proofing or someone once had called it idiot proofing. So I had bins of markers and crayons and scissors and rulers and calipers and specific places that I wanted students to return things. We used supplies all the time. And I wanted to make sure they got back. So I thought I was being super clever and I used my little label maker and put them in the right places and would ask kids to clean up at the end of the day, put things back away. They never got put in the right place. So let me remind you, I am teaching high school engineering students. You would think that they would be able to figure out how to put the ruler in the drawer that's labeled ruler. Um, yeah, how does that not work? So the idea behind Poke OK is that you mistake proof. So an example in real life is, which teaching is real life as well, but something that you may not think about is when you plug in like your vacuum and on the cord, it's got three prongs. Well, you're not going to turn it upside down. Like you've got to put that that bottom prong in the right place or your plug is not going to fit into your outlet. So just kind of think of things that you might be able to do that would make it mistake proof. So going back to my example, I actually had pictures cut out of vinyl for each of my things, a ruler, protractor, caliper, everything I had listed before. And it was amazing. I took away the words. There's no words, just a picture. Kids could figure out how to put things away. I don't really know what it was, but I'm putting it up to this mistake proofing. They didn't have to take the time and effort to read the words or squint to see the fine print. And even for my English language learners, they didn't have to know the language. It easily go in. It was great. With the same organization, example, think of something that you might be able to actually take a photo of and print as well. If there's certain things that you want to arrange in a certain way, or after the custodians sweep your room at night, how that you want your furniture arranged, or even with students, if you do group work and you, 
and maybe you have multiple desk arrangements that you use for those. How are they going to know how to put those desks together? How do you want them to return? And a lot of that, because it's set up and visually it's there, it just makes the transitions so much quicker. Last thing that I want to talk about is setting up your teacher routines. Have you ever told yourself, oh, I'll set that up in the morning or I'll make copies in the morning? It never happens. For some reason, someone always comes into your room or you get called into an IEP meeting or something that you're not really expecting. So you need to think about what can you do the night before or before you leave the school that can help make that next day so much easier. Do you need to set up for a lab? Do you need to clean or put things in a certain place? Do you need to make sure all of your grading is done before you leave? Let's be honest. I tried to take stuff home and I would take milk crates home with me when I first started teaching and I never touched it when I got home. Or I would be up until midnight grading it. Whereas my husband was smarter and he decided in his first couple of years, he's like, I'm just going to stay until four or five every day and make sure I get all my grading done. Everything's updated. So then that next day you start fresh. So think about that. You want to start fresh every morning. What can you do before you leave the school that will help prepare you for the next morning? Okay. Final note. You can always change your routines, no matter what part of the school year you are in. You can also change your policies, even if you put it in your disclosure document. Change it. If it is not working, there is no reason for you and your students to continue to suffer through just because you had typed it somewhere or put it somewhere in your disclosure document. I always like to put a line in my disclosure document that tells the parents and the students that I can change it at any point in time. And if your administration requires them to have a disclosure document on file, when you make the changes, just print out another copy and give it to them. Your students are really flexible. If you tell them, hey, I just heard about this new thing. I want to try it. Your kids are going to be flexible and they're going to be willing to try something else because they want things to run smoothly as well. So as a recap from today, you need to look at routines you already have in place and maybe those who that you don't have in place by doing an audit. Then look at those and figure out how can you or your students automate those to make them more efficient. And finally, look at your teacher routines, especially the one that exists and happens before you leave school that day. Hopefully you got some ideas and some things that you can Google and look for, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.